Texas are upon you. Hi, John Conker, and I'm from Texas, and I am here with... Swordboy! <laughs> <laughs> Next gen! Skynet. All right. Um, so, lady, uh, all I the folks... I real quick, though. Sky, Skynet was like Mortal Kombat. Skynet! Test <laughs> your might. Uh, yeah. So... All the folks out there, y'all need to know we had we did record an episode uh, three weeks ago. Uh, unfortunately, the studio is currently under renovation a bit. Like you can ask all the good folks here, I am covered in dust. As yes, covered. I am covered in dust as we record this episode. And the last episode, in fact, had to be recorded with the windows open because there were uh, there there was even more dust from all of the sanding. So uh, what I'm thinking is is that we're going to release the last episode in little bits and chunks uh, because not all of that is, the information there is relevant. And this show, uh, and they, that will come out along with this show. Uh, thank you for bearing with us. Uh, we love you, right? Right, folks? We yes. love y'all. Thanks for your y'all patience. Right. All right. Uh, So, Sky, why don't you tell us about what's going on in in the news today? Okay, uh, I guess I'll start with some updates on Impeachment Gate. Whistle while you twerk. Go ahead and start and make the and whistle while you twerk. Uh, So, uh, the House uh, has passed a resolution formally. formalizing uh, impeachment inquiry. Uh, House Democrats are set to uh, announce um, their first public hearings in Trump impeachment um, on November 13th. Uh, it will be with, with head American diplomat to Ukraine, Ambassador William Taylor, and his uh, Deputy Assistant Secretary George Kent. And uh, yeah, so the Senate impeachment votes are likely to begin in, in December, which the, the timeline on this, I think, is the timeline on this, I think, is super interesting. Uh, you know, I think Pelosi is is timing this around time that that uh, presidential candidates are are set to be, or you know, supposed to be campaigning in, in Iowa, which is a crucial state. Iowa and New Hampshire are super important um, uh, determining who who the nominee is going to be, and so. Uh, the Senate votes are going to be happening at that time, which means, uh, you know, Pelosi, I should also say she came out against Medicare for all. Uh, yeah. And like and we so, all knew she would. And so the two, <laughs> and who are the two Senate Democrats that have supported Medicare for or support Medicare for all? They're running for president. Um, I believe they are a Mr. Bernard Sanchez and a certain... Miss Hillary uh, Warden, those are their names, right? Close. 
yeah. close. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Oh, oh, those those, those two people. <laughs> the, you mean the, the only people that actually matter mm-hmm. on the Democratic side? And the, the only two that have uh, come out in support for Medicare for All. So, yeah, this will mean that they need matters. to go. <laughs> <laughs> that may be yeah. just me. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, they'll, they'll have to be uh, in the Senate vote on impeachment. They should hook up with Yang and have him make them a, a hologram to here in Iowa. And <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, that's true. Okay, so a uh, question to everyone at the table. Do you think the DNC's little tricks to dissuade the public from seeing either Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren are going to... Are, do you... Like, I feel like they're not even working. Like, yeah, okay, Skynet just let us know that, you know, that they are doing this, but I don't think it matters. Like, I think... I don't no. think so either. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I this think is just bureaucratic from... bullshit. Yeah. That's really all it is, and it looks like that. I mean, like... I mean, yeah, we're all kind of kind of policy wonks. Like, I think I think I think Next Gen is the only one out of us that actually has any sense and is just like, eh, whatever, national politics. <laughs> but like, I don't think anyone in regular life, even people who claim to care about politics, gives one single curse word about what the DNC is doing. Nerp. Like. <laughs> I think we could tell everyone the DNC like is out to make sure Bernie Sanders doesn't get elected, and everyone will go. People will literally say, "What's the DNC? Who's in charge of the DNC?" <laughs> Bernie, I like him. He's cool. Yeah, because uh, I mean, I guess you know, according to polls, like uh, the public is not a fan of of even Democrats, or uh, you know, I don't know, but but they they do give give Bernie uh, overwhelming approval as being, you know, one of the most popular and most like liked. Yeah, they keep saying he's trustworthy. Yes. You know, right. and it, it, that's the general sense people get. I mean, like, he's already been through the vetting process. It, Everybody more or less knows that he sounds about as he did 30 years ago. It, it, yeah. It's almost as if leftists and socialists are more trustworthy than the right because, you know, they want to... That's until we start gulagging everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I've been building my guillotine. Really? Uh, You know, (laughs) I was was building a guillotine specifically to um, uh, kill Bill Gates this weekend, but then I decided I'd rather have a table. But still... Oh, man. You know, but... I need a table. I need a table. You You know, we, we... like our currently my folks my dining room is where the dining room table was turned into the recording table you know so people come over and be like hi john let's eat (laughs) and i'm like cool just move the mic out of the way (laughs) yeah if anyone heard this table if anyone heard heard, uh what what bill gates said recently we could i've uh paid over 10 billion in taxes i paid more uh than anyone in taxes, uh, but I, you know, I'm glad to have paid. You know, if I'd had to pay 20 billion, it's fine. Uh, but you know, when you say I should pay 100 billion, okay, then I'm starting to do a little math about uh, what I have left over. Sorry, uh, I'm just kidding. The thing is, like, he's he's afraid of being taxed 100 billion or whatever, but. Even if he was, like, he would still be a multi-billionaire. <laughs> yeah. He'd still have, like, $6 billion. Um, All right, I, 
I, okay, I know this is breaking the flow, and please, 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 y'all, I please don't make me make make the editor uh, <laughs> make the engineer play the music. But like, okay, okay. So Bill Gates and all these billionaires, they they finally teamed up and decided they gotta stop the socialist machine. God right? damn it! So they, <laughs> right? And I know, like, so finally, they, after fifty years <laughs> of suppressing socialism, of socialism, they're like, oh, they're like, holy shit, this might actually work now. So like, they they, they got Bloomberg on the case. Bloomberg. They, they've been doing everything they can to like make polls that say that Bernie Sanders is not favorited. Like, I feel like when you say Bloomberg, your jaw your jaw should move. Bloomberg. Bloomberg. <laughs> you know. They, you know, the Mark Zuckerberg has let us know that he doesn't like, uh, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren, and and then now we've got Gates, you know, being like, you know, maybe if I had to pay a hundred million dollars, I might ask where all my money is going, and I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm over these people that invented one thing. Like one good thing ten years ago, and, and now. Is but y'all, did y'all see that meme of the uh, the kid um, who was on a college campus dressed like four days after Halloween as Microsoft Explorer? <laughs> 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 no, didn't see that. That you know. No, like, get it? Cause it's slow. <laughs> yeah, I do get it, and it's just like, bro. Who? What, any of y'all use Windows ninety five recently? No, nope. no. <laughs> like, so why does Bill Gates get to be a billionaire? Because he made up a name? He just, I mean, because yeah, we know that like, Indians stopped. make like the software we all use today. <laughs> Since we made a guillotine joke about Bill Gates, do we have to like call him Bill Gates now or something? Do we have to like <laughs> muddy it up? Oh, Blood Gates. Blood Gates. Uh, I just, we didn't really. Let's just like re-nickname him Dick. 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 Dick Gates. Dick Gates. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, Dick Gates. And so, like, when Dick Gates starts talking about how he'll lose his... Like, we all know, right, Dick Gates... Dick doesn't know how much a carton of milk costs. No. Yeah, so, like... No. Like, I don't think... He, he's worried... Good with he doesn't even know where the grocery store dollars. is. No. <laughs> no, let's be real. He has so much money, he's like, I might have to count it. Like, he's, yeah. like, he's oh, just been comfortably writing, knowing I'm a billionaire or something. But if we start taking a million and a hundred million in taxes, he'll be like, holy snap, I might have to look at my bank account before I buy things. <laughs> oh, no, dick. Yeah, but uh, I think there's there's some like definitely some positive um, signs to be looking at because, I mean, we're starting to see them actually losing their power and influence um so apparently like back to bloomberg uh there's a report that like jeff bezos was trying to talk him into running and uh uh if anyone was paying attention to like uh some elections that happened there was one that happened in um uh seattle for a city council seat and uh shama sawant who's um uh probably one of the the first i guess uh high profile like socialists to like win a when her city council yeah, so she that. was she was running for re-election and i think there were I, I don't know their names off the top of my head but they were also running for some city council seats like like left further left um uh people and bezos threw in 1.5 million dollars to to challenge those 
those campaigns and they ended up winning. Uh, uh, Shama Sawan ended up actually, it looked like she might lose and they, they ended up counting some like, some like later mail-in ballots and she won. Like, like beat Amazon. Yeah, every everyone's talking about the the little blue wave that happened. And I don't know. I don't know if it's a blue wave. I, people like like I feel like that word and term blue wave is just weak weak sauce DNC it, branding. It I think, sells papers. <laughs> right. Like it sells papers, but like the DNC wants us all to think that people are voting for their party, and I don't think so. No. No. I think people are voting for politicians who make sense because we're tired of the bad ones. And And they can identify with. Right. And I I think that's Nancy Pelosi and the real DNC's problem is that the Democratic Party, for better or worse, in a two-party system, has decided to be the party of the people. And the people are choosing candidates that the people want, not what the DNC wants. Well, yeah. I mean, the DNC, like both parties are, beholden to their funders, so they're going to respond accordingly. That's pretty. That's if you understand that much, you pretty much understand the Democratic Party, like as a whole. Like, understand that that is who they are. But what what I want to know is like, what are the conversations that these billionaires are having? Like, because they they see the writing on the wall. Chile is on fire. Hong Kong, the people of Hong Kong are revolting. They're building bunkers, dude. They're They're like they're they're ready to peace out at any time. As soon as as soon as the sky starts to fall and shit, they're they're out. I don't know. I I feel like Mark is calling up Bloomberg and and Bezos, and they're like, hey, uh, which one of you guys thinks is like that people will like? Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, you know, Bloomberg, yeah, people like him. He's he's a good talker. Like, they... They wish they could get Oprah. Does anyone even actually, <laughs> like, around the country, you know, most voters, I guess, I guess outside of, of New York and people who are only maybe just, like, barely paying attention to politics, um, are they... Like you know, not not super focused on it in their day to day. Do they even know who Mike Bloomberg is? Are they even like? No, actually. No appeal. Who is he appealing to? My favorite clip. Have y'all <laughs> seen the clip of the black kid who Jeff Bezos comes to look over one of his you know whatever philanthropy projects, and there's a there's yeah at a high school, and so he walks in and like the teacher's like, oh, Jeff Bezos is here. And the kid turns around and is like, who's Jeff Bezos? And they're like, he's the guy who invented Amazon. And he's like, so? <laughs> he's like, he paid for all of this. And he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, that is the correct attitude to have about Jeff Bezos. He created a bookstore online like 10 years ago before we all had act- knew what the internet was. And now he's a trillionaire. Like... I mean, he just had the money to, you know, just hit the tide correctly. That's all that that was. No, I, yeah, right. No, we're millennials are revolting against all these guys who figured out how to make a website like when we were ten, and like, and now or, think they get to or be billionaires. Bill Gates. I mean, look at how he amassed his wealth. You know, it was from freeware essentially. He modified freeware right. to become like a marketable like commodity. And I mean, like even Steve, if you want to keep going with that, like the shit we like from technology mostly was invented by the government <laughs> and then was given to these Absolutely. people. Like, you know, Apple, Siri, all of the, oh, so Bill Gates, uh, no, Steve Jobs, he's such a no. They yeah. took existing public technologies 
and now they make a, they have figured out ways to trick us into paying five hundred dollars for it. Absolutely. Like when we could just give this stuff back to the people, and like I'm sure there's like some dude in like our neighborhood, in any of our neighborhoods, that could make something just as yes. cool if the IP was available for them to work on. Right. You know. Anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my rant. Uh, Scott, That's absolutely true. Right. So, so yeah, we. I, I guess we've all decided that we want to vote for billionaires. Is that what we we decided? Bloomberg. Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> Get into some local news. Uh, what you got? What do I have? Well, let's talk about let's talk about NATO dropping out. This is a campaign that has prided itself on seeing things clearly and on speaking honestly and on acting decisively. We have to clearly see at this point that we do not have the means to pursue this campaign successfully, and that my service will not be as a candidate nor as a nominee of this party for the presidency. I entered this campaign because I believed that we had the ability to bring together a very divided and highly polarized country. Oh, He's standing down, literally. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a little bit 
positive. I've, I've been negative on Beto this entire time. Right. Like I, uh, I, uh, I, um, I mean, I campaigned for it. Like I, you know, I supported him in his Senate run. Uh, I was not stoked about his presidential run. I did not think he needed to run. So I've been, I've, I've picked on him quite a bit, and um, uh, you know, made fun of him at his expense. And uh, but I'm gonna be a little bit positive. I, I think, I think he, he took the lead on this and that others <laughs> others need to take need to follow his lead yeah, and, and no. drop out okay so i think it's like what the epitome of like a mediocre white man mm -hmm. just like deciding what he needs to do like no one asked you to run have y'all heard stay local <laughs> right have y'all heard about like the fact that like his his campaign was apparently really really disorganized no one actually did ask him to run. Like, it was like a kind of, he felt the spirit kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I mean, somebody must have asked him at some point. Yeah. In the DNC, like, come on, dude. We see you in Texas. I mean, he was I mean, being like, treated like, like, like a celebrity for his uh, Senate campaign. You know, he was, he was going on Ellen. And, I don't know. Like, you're he was going just up against like, the most manila candidate. I mean, yes. like, yeah. Ted Cruz is literally yeah, that, on a wall. I, that, and that's why I don't even think the DNC was behind him, because I think the DNC looked at him and said, anyone that loses to Ted Cruz can't be it. Like... Yeah, maybe. I, I think it was... Like, anyway, personally, as a loyal and proud Texan, I... You know, Beto, if you, if you ever hear this, I like you. I campaign for you. I want you to come back and run in the great state. Uh, you know, I think your presidential bid was a little bit premature. Uh, I think that's just about the, the ceiling for him. I mean, like, and, uh, like, he was trying to get up there. I and wonder like, what else is premature. <laughs> and I mean, I, I had actually heard... Um, I don't know, some rumors, I guess, I don't know how confirmed this is, but it's also not surprising once you hear it, that, that once he said what he did about guns um, and wanting to come and take take people's guns, that he was getting some very credible uh, death threats, and which is not not good. As, as much as we dislike Beto, he's, right. he doesn't represent our, our specific like left politics. Uh, that is absolutely unacceptable. And uh, yeah, we do not wish him any, any harm in any way. And for anyone, who was, um, I know that, you know, I still drive around and I see a lot of Beto stickers on people's cars. And, and, um, I think he just kind of has like some, 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 a lot of fans here who yeah. um, are still like, I'm you know, sort of like, fan, rooting, Beto. sort of like rooting for your home team. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, Beto's our guy. But so, so for anyone who was like, I guess, supporting him and like, you know, wanting him to win, like I'm, I would like to, I guess, extend a bit of an olive branch to our side and say, come over, come real, over to Bernie no, no, no. when you're ready. Real talk, real talk. If, and this is the last question on this before you move on, if Beto ran for governor, would you vote for him? Uh, I would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally would. I, think, I think we, much like Trump, you know, it's like this, I feel the same way. It's like anybody's better than, but you know, okay. You it know depends right. who else was running. Yeah. Was like, right. Who else depends. was running? Yeah, yeah. Is there going to be yeah a primary challenge? Well, probably no. not. And I think, honestly, Beto, if you hear this, I think you have the name recognition. If you're willing to severely 
backpedal on that crazy gun business, <laughs> then, you know, I think you have the name recognition to fight Abbott. And I think, you know, a lot of folks in Texas, even though we, you know, we talked a little smack about you because, you know, we're Texan, would vote for you. We'd even, I would even go as far to campaign for you because anyone's better than Abbott. I mean, I just want candidates like Beto. I, I want him to understand why exactly we don't like that sort of gun talk. Like, right. I, I, I'm a left. And he right. understands the right. right. But on the left, I don't think that a lot of folks are willing to kind of engage with that argument at all. I mean, honestly, with that, the gun thing, and when we, uh, okay, yeah. No, you're okay. Uh, with a gun thing, it's like there were two things with that. One, on the left, as a brown person in in you know Texas, I just it's terrible to ask black and brown people to take their guns away in America. Uh, people like killing black and brown people in America. Secondly, though, it really spoke to me about Beto's political immaturity. Like it, I think. This yeah. is going to be one of those moments where he had to learn as a white man, you can't just go with the flow. Uh, as a handsomish white guy who's been, who can fail up, you can't just really go with the flow on everything. And, you know, he was really feeling himself with the anti-gun talk. And, you know, I'm sure there's some people in Connecticut and, like, you know, New York that were telling him, ooh, great. But, no, like, Bernie ain't saying that. No. Warren ain't saying that, you know, that was, that for me, that was a watershed moment to be like, come on back home and, you know, before you try to hit the big time, buddy. <laughs> yeah, see, I, th I think it was just more uh, immaturity on his part, like, because of, I know we talked about the gun issue before, like, of everyone here, I'm probably the most sympathetic to his position on it, and I see where he just totally fucked up on that. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I, I, he, that was not the way to, to articulate it. I think, I think, I don't know, Cory Booker went on, like, The View or something, and, you know, was challenged by Meghan McCain on it, like, 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 what do you think about what Beto said? I, you know, he's not coming to my house to take my guns, and I think Cory Booker kind of answered it, answered it a lot better. He, he was like, I don't, you know, I don't like the way that Beto went about it, but nobody is coming to knock on your door to, to take your guns. And I don't think Beto but more meant in that. Depth, but I want like them to understand, like if you want gun violence to change, it requires a lot of other change. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. can't just make the gun, these, you know, really prohibitive gun laws mm -hmm. and expect like the, the, um, fuel that the culture, started yeah. these mm -hmm. violent occurrences to be, you know, extinguished. It doesn't happen that so, uh, next gen, uh, I saw a picture of you floating around with, uh, Soy Boy's wife at, uh, uh, City Hall. Can we get a City Hall update? City Hall update <laughs> with next gen. <laughs> this week at City Hall, Betsy Price didn't show the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, we also heard um, a young activist. Her name is Zoe. Uh, Just to clarify, the words that are coming out of my mouth are my words and not my father. Ms. Jacqueline Craig, Jaquavin Salem, Ms. A. Tatiana Jefferson, Ms. Craig Adams, these are crimes that has happened in the city of Fort Worth. But I know that 
But I know that if I can see it, a little child, I know you can. This is where we come to get justice. Well, let me take that back. The word justice does not appear in my vocabulary. If you do not do anything about this, we will remain in the same spot. Just because you feel safe in the city of Fort Worth, Mayor Price, does not mean that we African Americans do. So if you can open up your minds and stop putting aside our feelings, then that would be great, Mr. Cook, Mayor Price, and all of a few others. Fire Officer Dean, Officer William Martin, and all of the others. To me, some of you that are sitting in those seats that you shouldn't have the desire to sit in are bystanders. Well, maybe you don't know what that is, because when you come in here, you appear not to know anything or remember anything. But it is someone who is present in an event or incident, but does not take part. Now, I want you to listen closely to the words, does not take part. That is you, Mayor Price. All I want is you to listen and do something about this. Do your job or we will do it for you. Now to my people, you are so black. You so black when you smile, the stars come out. You so black when you born, the God comes out. Black is not black when it's wrong and black when it's right. Black is pyramids and mathematics. Black is melanized and magic. Black is televised and the knees are dressed in black investment. Black enhances, black with chances, black with privilege, black with pride, black on purpose. On the black hand side, black and beautiful, black and blessed, highly favored, praise the Lord. Black and so much more, black and nothing less, black and educated. Black is brilliant, black and strong, black is resilient, black is song, black is infinite, like hip hop on space. Black is grace, black is love, black love makes babies, black babies go up. Black is tough, black is hard to do. Black is me, black is you. Black is not something that we get to choose, but it is something that we must treasure. It's something that we get to wear, we get to rock this one honor. I'm black like my granddaddy and my great, great, great grandmama. Black is lift every voice and sing and let the freedom ring and resound. Black is adjective, adverbs, colors, and now, ooh, you so black, you so black. When you smile, the stars come out. Baby, you so black. When you born, the God comes out. Um, she recited a part of a poem and uh, spoke directly to counsel about, you know, she articulated so well what us adults have been trying to articulate for weeks. She just asked them straight up, why aren't you doing anything? And uh, yeah, it was really, it had everyone on their feet. Um, it was a great, it was a great week at council and we'll just keep coming back. So uh, let's take a quick minute to talk about Lady Batissimus Price of the kingdom of Fort Worth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I believe she started some sort of dog and pony show council, council to talk about. That is her game, dog okay. and pony shows. Okay, okay let, yeah, but, okay, but I, I want to say one thing before we get into that, that I heard that made me go, maybe Batissimus, that's my new name for her, is not completely evil. Um so, okay, she passed a law. I didn't know this, that she went and passed a law that made it easier for people to sell their own vegetables and sell their own fruits. And that is actually, I think, going to help a little Oh, sorry. My volume was on as I'm looking at this Betsy Price thing. So okay, it's all right. We'll cut that out, no problem. But, like, I, you know... Honestly, you know, she's a Republican and whatever, but like that is one thing I can say, okay, that will help people on the ground. 
They allow they're allowing citizens to sell food out of their own trucks, out of their you know on in, out of their own houses, and I, I think that that's a really good thing. Um, and before we start laying into Batissimus, I think that it's 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 very important that like I highlight that that was a good thing. Now let's get into why she's doing a dog and pony show uh, with the police and uh, police accountability. Well, I mean that's. I mean, that's how politicians get elected on this tough-on-crime policy. It's been for, like, three decades now. So I think that that's pretty much to be expected, especially in a conservative city, and especially with all these high-dollar contract, condo contracts that are being put up all over the city. You know, you want to look like you give a shit. Yeah, but, but she's also just, like, making up her own solutions instead of implementing what her like constituents are actually Absolutely. asking for she's just like we're like we want community police oversight as outlined by tccco my name is tabitha williams i live in district six in harm reduction we say you're not the expert in someone else's experience i think that's a message that really needs to be heard here every week people come in here and tell you about their lived experiences in fort worth and particularly with the police department You've been told about these problems for years and with more emphasis in the past month. A Tatiana Jefferson is just the straw that broke the camel's back. Before her, there were dozens of instances of police brutality, and this summer that pattern drastically accelerated and we led the nation in officer-involved shootings. That alone should make you all embarrassed. That is horrifying. How can you possibly think that's not a problem? For our mayor to publicly deny that there's a problem is to gaslight everyone who has come here and shared their experiences and concerns with you. You all say you're going to make changes, but it's been almost a month and you still haven't done anything or made any changes to prevent this from happening again. You've talked about implementing some of the race and culture task force recommendations, but you haven't even done that and it should have already been done. You talk about changing policy, about assigning rookies together that should have been changed after Jerry Waller was murdered years ago. If you can't be bothered to actively and meaningfully address these problems, you have no business being up there. And she's like, how about a panel? <laughs> like, like, no. Another one. Okay, so let, let's break down TCCCO for the folks that don't know. Um, it's Tarrant County Coalition for Community Police Oversight. Okay, so if I understand this correctly, because like I said, I've been sanding walls for the past couple of days. I don't know anything that's happening. Um, it, so Betsy has said that, yes, we're going to look at what police are doing. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have the police... Police the police. Better police the police. <laughs> I literally think I have a clip of an old black man saying the police can't police the police. Like, from 76104. Like, an independent, whatever the hell, expert. Is the the independent police, yeah. as opposed to the other police. Oh, okay. <laughs> so these independent police, are they are they hired by Fort Worth Police Department, or are they like... Yes, they are paid by the police. Oh, okay, so... <laughs> They're independent in spirit. Like it, they, yes, in title like, only. They have like a, they're like a maverick kind of... Yeah, <laughs> they're like in the police, but they're not in the they're, police. Right, right. Like They're like, they're not into the police. They're like us. They're yeah. like, they, they get it. They get the... They're like us, but cops. They, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they understand that all cops are bastards, but you know... 
Yeah. Big care bomber. But you know, they, they, they're gonna take that paycheck, right? Okay, I get it, I get it. Cool, 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 cool. So, well, well, they're really they're probably taking retirement. Mm-hmm. They might be they're probably ex cops. Oh, you know, so they have like a vested interest in the police force looking good and being good. That's how these things go oh, though. Oh, That's so, the foundational like if you're if you're a veteran cop or whatever, when you retire or whatever and you wanna have like a second career, it's all in education and all of this and all these other avenues. Like I'm a senior cop and blah blah blah. That's your resume. These are the things you built that foundation on. So these are the avenues that are gonna be available to you and you know, when they come up, you go, oh, 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 raising your hand. I got this one. I know what to do with all these these brown folks getting <laughs> getting upset. We've dealt with this before. before. <laughs> well, you know, we got a clip. I literally got a clip of an old black man saying that they used to beat us and now they shoot us. So maybe it is a good thing that they're getting the old racist police to, like, educate the new racist police like listen listen son listen son you don't have to kill all the negroes see you you, you just gotta tap them you know, smack them around a little bit and that, that'll, that'll teach them keep them scared <laughs> it's a little yikesy <laughs> definitely <laughs> I'm sorry that that was a little yeah my bad but the cops no. are gonna love this <laughs> You got to have you listen to this show? I'm sure that their warrior training will see them through, and they will they will become less less prejudiced. You say warrior training, I'm picturing like they're like they're like studying yoga and like meditating. Oh, you didn't know, Mm. but you don't know about actual warrior training where they all learn from a weird Christian dude that they're knights and that they should like stand on oh, rooftops. No, 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 there's a there's this guy, the, the guy that runs that program, he literally runs around and tells these guys, go find, you know, a high point in your city and stand there like you have a cape on. Cause hmm. you're you're protecting the city. That's why and he's like he he's like he tells people that their badge is reflective of the English night. It's a it's a really fucked up thing. And so what cops wanna hear. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and he's done a lot of trainings here. In the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I, I'm not surprised. He, he tells cops that they're warriors. You know. They're fighting so, evil. That's <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Greg Abbott. Okay. Abbott. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's um, really attacking Austin's uh, homeless. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they passed uh, some law um, to clear out... <laughs> Uh, these these underpasses where a lot of homeless people have you know set up their their livelihood their their tents and like where they live where they sleep where they you know um, and so yeah Greg Abbott is has uh, moved to clear these people out. When state crews started cleaning up trash and filling dumpsters with the discarded belongings of homeless people who live under this highway in Austin, Texas, 56-year-old William Rainey just watched with tears in his eyes. Everything he owns fit in two shopping carts he had already packed up. Has this been an emotional day for you? It has. You know, it's been very stressful. Some people don't like homeless people, like I said. They'd rather not see us out here. And there's nowhere else for these people to go. They literally don't know where they're where they're supposed to go. And so, rather than come up with any kind of solution, um, the idea is just to like out of sight, out of mind, like like push them off to the next place. And these aren't people. Like these are just 
you know. So, yeah, uh, I call these folks, there are a lot of the folks in my neighborhood I call Ronin. You know, they're folks that, you know, are they're moving around, they don't have a home, whatever. And, you know, I, before the show, we started recording, I was telling these people a theory that I'm not going to get into, I promise, that um, millennials are kind of more like the greatest generation because we're kind of living through our kind of Great Depression, and it's kind of like, it's weird, I don't know, maybe, do y'all get a sense that it's weird that there are all these people living like we aren't living through massive homelessness? It's not just Texas, it's California as well. And you know, it's, it's literally the street we're recording on. It's hard to see when there's prettier and prettier things being built up around all of this ugliness, because then you can focus on these little, cute little areas with, you know, gourmet ice cream, <laughs> and, you know, like, and the new bowling movie theater, like, they've got billiards, too. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's a tapas restaurant as well. Oh, wow. And a brewery. Oh, tapas. Oh, I, topless bowling? This is innovative. We should give this, make this man a billionaire. And of, you course, enjoy and of course, and, <laughs> and of course, and all of that, you know, the poor folks just look like, you know, the externality that you're okay with. They're just like, they, they, money equals merit, and if you don't have it, that's some character flaw. And, you know, we need you out of here because the good folks the citizens that work hard, you know, don't want to see this blight on our city. We want you to move somewhere else, find somewhere else to be, anywhere but here. And this all is happening uh, right at the same time as Austin was protesting yesterday, Rodney Reed's upcoming execution. Yes, that's the, the other thing. Yes, uh, more on our unjust uh, justice system for for people not familiar with the story. I think a lot of people are becoming very familiar with this because, you know, a lot of um, celebrities and famous people are starting to speak out on it. And I, I, th I think Dr. Phil <laughs> interviewed uh, Rodney Reed recently. But um, yeah, the, the gist of the story is um, that this man, uh, Rodney Reed, African-American man, is going to be executed for, um, for being accused of the rape and murder of a white woman, Stacy Stites, and um, but there's been a bunch of evidence. Like there's, it's just overwhelming evidence that has yeah, come DNA out. Evidence now. Yeah, yeah, right. DNA evidence. Uh, just a bunch of experts have come out and revisited this case and said there is so much that exonerates him. And essentially, what the story was that is that Stacy Stites was um, having an affair with Rodney Reed. Um, and her fiance, uh, Jimmy Fennell, was a local police officer. And uh, essentially, uh, the case we made is that he, uh, Jimmy Fennell, uh, found out about the affair and, and murdered her. And I think there's there's a confession by him uh, in in prison. I can't. I don't know what he's in prison for, but but uh, he confessed in prison that he was the one that that killed her. So there's just overwhelming evidence coming out. This has reached like That's... you know. You know, so I want to preface this with there are real stats. Let's be, and we don't even get into the stats, but like, just in general, let's be very clear: men do sexually abuse a lot, a lot of women across all races. That's kind of you know, if, you know, men generally abuse women. But it would, I do wish we could get like some stats on like how often things like this happen, where like. What should be, at worst, a civil case between like a, some married people, because some people are like, you know, uh, 
messing around with each other, but it escalates into murder and then, or sometimes just like a rape accusation and then like someone goes to prison for, for real. And like, I, you know, cause it's hard because like you, stories like this are real. Like we see stories like this happen all the time, but then we also run into the uh, R. Kelly's of the world that when like, as soon as, you know, they get into trouble. They're like, ah, they're just, you know, it's another black man. And it's just like, you know, we, it's one of those things that's yeah. weird to live in both realities where this happens all the time. Where, you know, and I, you know, this is me giving my restorative justice speech of how we need better ways to, like, deal with this. Well, I think, yeah, absolutely we need better ways to deal with this because, I mean, a lot of people who are victims of crimes like this don't come out and they don't come out because they know the system is not designed and a lot and a lot of the abusers let's be fair are people they know people right. like ones friends and they might not always want the full like they might they as the victims might not want the full response of the police involved right right and their whole lives being strewn through that system either so there's no other avenue though for to seek justice so right but that being said, like, this is terrible what has happened to this man, you know? And interestingly yeah, enough, it's like, it's so bad that even Ted Cruz's heart that is like seven sizes too small was like, <laughs> yes. maybe even, this is bad. Yes. <laughs> when, when even Ted Cruz, yeah, there, I think that there were like uh, 26, 26 legislators to come out. It was like 13 Democrats and 13 Republicans. So it's it's pretty bipartisan and yeah, yeah for someone like even Ted Cruz to come out and be so you know I would I would urge people to call Greg Abbott's office if they get a chance because he still appears to be going forward with it he's um, you know I think he still uh, wants to proceed for with execution reason, you gotta understand like what why why, why? It's, there's you, know, no. <laughs> you want to just see you want to be so tough you execute mm -hmm. innocent folks too right yeah. like I don't know yeah. like okay as a tech quick poll as a Texan do you believe that as we should get rid of the death penalty? I uh, I feel like there's enough evidence to show we don't do it. We don't even do it right. Most of the people suffer through the whole thing. Yeah, it's, I, yeah, yeah. It's cruel and unusual punishment, and which which we are not. If, you know, according and to even if you want to be all fiscally responsible, <laughs> yes. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. The numbers don't even match for that. You got to call out a doctor and then someone to kill yeah. the person, but doctors can't legally kill people. So you got to like call out someone who's a sort of doctor. It's like just just stop and all just, of this. Just the sheer. I mean, it's it's already wrong. Uh, you know, just on its face, but but then whenever you take into account the number who have been exonerated uh, after after death that they have found out uh, how many have, were actually innocent, it's there's I mean, no excuse. No, at this point we should like if we're if we're gonna kill people, this is my libertarian side. If we're gonna kill people, we should just go back to the guillotine, and then you know. Then at least now we're prepared to put Bill Gates there. I mean, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, um, I mean, uh, Jeff Epstein. Oh no, he's already dead. I mean, I uh, like Bill it. Clinton's. Oh, no. I don't like it. You don't like the guillotines? No, no guillotines. Okay. No guillotines. Okay then. Okay, team. No, no, no guillotines. It's like intense therapy. Ooh, ooh, wow. You see this? This is this is probably why men shouldn't be in charge of the world. I'm like, ah, yes, guillotines in every home. Rich people need to process their rich trauma too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are people. Like they know that they deserve to die, right? They know that they deserve to get their money taken away. They just, you know, they have to like figure out how to become 
not that guy. So we just like get a Gail <laughs> King for every rich person. Yeah, they just Listen. need like intense therapy. Okay, I'm down. I'm down with this plan. Can, can we do that? Can they be like in a separate area for that, the intense therapy? I mean, they can have they all are, of California. All of California. <laughs> all of California? Yeah. They, that, that, there's they a can, lot. I mean, when we're done with it, it won't be like anything. What about so, Idaho? Like, <laughs> I feel like Idaho is sacrificable. Like, I mean... There's going to be an Irish famine that... I've been that ho, so I know oh, I'm not going to I am the ho. But yeah, uh, for anyone who wants uh, Greg Abbott's number, it's uh, 800-843-5789. Please call him and ask him to uh, to to stop stop proceeding with, with uh, the death penalty for, for Rodney Reed. What else we got? So yeah, uh, well I guess recently there were some some elections that happened last week. Oh right, um, the little blue wave. Yes, and uh, but but this <laughs> was. <laughs> there were some uh, noteworthy wins from Democratic Socialist uh, endorsed candidates. Um, I believe there were four total. Uh, some of them hadn't, you know, the results hadn't quite come in, and they were looking incredibly close. Uh, it looked like Shama Sawant um, for her city council race in, in uh, Seattle, which we mentioned briefly earlier. Um, she, she ended up winning. That's awesome. Uh, I'm incredibly just so stoked about that. Lee Carter in Virginia. Uh, I don't know if he was officially endorsed by the national campaign, but he is a Democratic Socialist member. Uh, he won his re-election. Um, and then uh, Chesa Boudin, um, he is, he's also a socialist. He was not uh, in, it, this, this is San Francisco, he wasn't um, endorsed by DSA, but he was endorsed by Bernie for uh, Public Defender um, as, the new, uh, as the new DA there. So, so those were some, some noteworthy wins, I think, worth mentioning. Uh, yeah, Democratic Socialists. And actually, uh, I read that the places that they won were uh, were purple states, and uh, 
you know, that have typically gone for, I guess, more more establishment type Democrats. And so people are starting to favor more more left wing candidates. Yeah. That, so that was what was really interesting is I think if I'm correct, Virginia has gone full blue. And that's the first time in generations. Now, what does that say? I think, like I said earlier, I think that it just says that it doesn't really, this isn't really a win for Democrats. It's a win for the people yeah. deciding that they are done with Reaganism. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think about it, Soy Boy? What do I think about it? I actually don't know. I've lost track. Um, <laughs> but, so who's the Sasha Sawan character? Okay, so I guess I, I, who is, tell me about Sasha Sawan. Can anyone here tell me about this candidate? Because everyone has been talking about him. I am uninformed. Well, so uh, she is. She was. She ran for city council in in Seattle. Um, I'm I'm blanking on the year, but she has served. There, I don't know. It was it was a what kind of one of the surprising wins. This is like pre Bernie, sort of pre two thousand sixteen, pre Trump winning. Uh, so uh, she was an out out socialist, um, um, and she like won her city council campaign. And at the time, this was seen as as sort of one of the more. Uh, more, you know, nationally uh, recognized socialist out there that had actually won won a seat, and um, she campaigned a bit for Bernie Sanders in 2016, uh, but then. Ooh, speaking of Bernie Sanders, did y'all see he released his immigration plan? Oh yeah, and it, yeah, right. So yes. okay, all right. So it's 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 awesome. Uh, so I'll, I'll just. I'll make some like comments on the highlights here. Uh, it's a moratorium on deportations, uh, stop building Trump's wall, in the Muslim ban, reunite families, uh, DACA, reinstate DACA, uh, five-year path to citizenship, et cetera, et cetera, 15 hour for farm work, $15 an hour for farm workers. And, uh, and I think this will make a lot of uh, socialists very happy. Abolish ICE and CPB. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, there's and nothing criminalized border crossings. Absolutely. So is, that's is that like, in there really? Yeah. Ooh. That's the most progressive immigration policy yeah. that anybody's offered up. And previous to that, I think um, I think Joaquin Phoenix. No, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Cut that. What's his name? Um, uh, Castro. Castro. Joaquin. Yeah. <laughs> no, Come we're on. not cutting that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now imagining. Uh, Senator Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> doing his Joker dance <laughs> in the Senate. Okay, okay. Um, here's the thing. This is this is. I know y'all are all Democratic Socialists, but this is Mister uh, the one Warren supporter in the room. Um, not as in I'm a Warren, but y'all know what I mean. Um, Yikes! Right? I understand. I understand. I feel like. He might have opened himself to some open border criticism and real talk, real regular ass folk. I do not agree with them on this. Do not like the idea of open borders. Like there are a lot of, I'm sorry, don't Migration is normal. I believe this as well. Well, I mean, if you're going to be the antithesis to Trump, and I believe a, Ber a Bernie Sanders campaign really does 
really does that. He, it's, it's markedly the antithesis. It's the, it's the um, populist like antithesis. Okay, that. no, okay. This is a se- I've just created a segment. Y'all are helping me with this. Y'all need to can help me convince my mom and stepfather why open borders is a good idea because I'm sitting here and I'm like as soon as I try to explain to my evangelical uh not evangelical <laughs> my um my uh is he uh, Anglican African stepfather that yes we really should support open borders the first thing he's going to talk about are the rednecks that like would never go for it and then he then he would start kind of getting into some centrism and being like well if you don't have borders how will you know who's coming and going well, I, think uh, you, you, I mean like states have borders yeah we have different laws from state to state i can have weed in some states and it's really illegal in the state right next door well and like that's like that's that's how borders can work oh, I mean, we, should be, we should just be like like clear about what Bernie is advocating is not not open borders, I think, in the way that that some socialist or or communist utopians perceive, you know, Are you an eventual open borders eventual, wouldn't be a problem if there were no billionaires. Eventual Absolutely. like like idea that we would implement in the future, which I think that uh, me personally, uh, my horizon is all, no borders. Uh, I don't think that that's what Bernie is advocating right right now. Um, there would still we would still have national uh, internationally recognized uh, lines, and there would still be checkpoints. You know, they, they would still check people, but you're not you're not criminalizing people for crossing a border or for for immigrating. And you know, people. Well, are so I think the sh- I, I just kind of think the shift that needs to happen is understanding migration as a human right. Yes. And I think that that's kind of where we're at right now. I mean, I've always maintained that, like, the border wall, are you guys crazy? Like, that keeps you in as much as it keeps anybody else out. Okay, millennial. But, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. So, uh, listening to all three of you, I think if I was going to try to explain this to a boomer, I would say that, yes, Bernie's plan decriminalizes border crossing, but... There are a lot of things that can be decriminalized and illegal at the same time that don't involve, you know, any kind of violence or jail time. You know, it's like you can get a ticket for doing an illegal border crossing. And you know what? And you should. It's just a misdemeanor offense. Yeah, you should just get a ticket. You, you, you just get a ticket. And you know what? That's, you know, and then you're asked to go home and then, you know, you, you go home if that is the case. I do not know. I, you guys have not sold my inner boomer on the, <laughs> on, on the idea of people just being able to walk here and live here as long as they want. My inner millennial is like, of course, people like, have like legs. Like Americans do in Mexico all right, the time. Right, right, no, yeah, right. of course, people have legs and feet, and we're all on the same landmass at creating arbitrary borders in the middle of the desert is stupid. But well, and I, I have, we, there are a lot of boomers voting. And we have to be able to explain this to them without trying to sell them. Are they not watching any of the apocalypse shows on TV? Not one. Is that what the case is with boomers? Do they not understand that, like, can you imagine some great crazy thing happening in America where you might want to get the fuck out? Like, <laughs> and uh, I, I just think there's there's also just a lot of ignorance on our history and the way that the U.S. has uh, implemented policies that have harmed uh, 
uh, part of Mexico and Central America. And, you know, so I think there's there's a lot of misunderstanding there that, that this, this is a, a crisis that we created to the, to the degree you want to see this as a crisis. It's, it's manufactured by the U.S. and in our trade policies and drug policies. So it's, it's created here. Um, it, the idea is to not punish the victims of those policies and, yeah, make a more humane immigration system. Jen, what's on the list? Hey, uh, so have y'all seen uh, what's going around about Hey Boomer? appeared in the, the the world of the Twitter's MySpace Facebook I said MySpace how old am I friends yeah the <laughs> okay boomer the social sphere <laughs> I was like this can't be real this is not a real thing like I'd seen some article floating around where some dude apparently said that okay boomer is the new n-word and the joke was 10-4 dinosaur right yeah the joke was that or like if i say booma is it okay but like here's the thing like my take on it and i'll be i won't say any more on it after this is i feel it is dumb to go around trying to police the language of younger people for older people. This has been a thing that has existed in human history since forever. I think it is also dumb for my smart leftist friends to run around telling millennials who say, okay, boomer, that they need to be more, uh, they need to be more class conscious. Listen, I am going to vote for a boomer, whether it is Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, and I also know that my next door boomer neighbor who fought in Vietnam is not the cause of like my current, my current, you know, of the current economic situation in the world that we live in now. But I'm not also going to sit here and pretend that the Reaganist boomers and Gen Xers, yeah, no, I see y'all hiding back there, but uh, <laughs> but y'all are there. That that like brought in the economy that we have now are just sort of like blameless um, cl- class that they're blameless like class uh, co-conspirators not co-conspirators but class um, victims that I need to identify with. Listen, all the worst bosses I ever had were. Gen Xers were well-off Gen Xers. So, like, I, I don't want to be lectured on how, by some boomer who is who wants to explain to me how voting for Joe Biden or maybe <laughs> Michael Bloomberg is the best way to go instead of, vo- <laughs> instead of voting for the two boomers that I want to is, you know, is, like, I'm hurting their feelings by saying that they are old and out of touch. Like... <laughs> I am going to be old and out of touch one day. There's going to be some Gen Zer or some Gen Alpha person who's going to think I'm whack as shit. We are going to be the outdated ones. Right, and it is, right. that is how it is Well, sometimes. I think that that's why the class analysis is so important in it. Like, I fall down on this okay boomer debate. I also admit, like, I didn't know what this was until just, like, maybe a few days ago. Um, 
but yeah, it blew up, became this uh, this viral thing that happened, and yeah, that, it was that guy that tweeted. So yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, but you know, I tend to to fall down on like some some of the more leftist and socialist analysis on it that. You know, it shouldn't be a generational war. It needs to be a class war. I get that. But I think that there have been some really good responses to that, one being yours, and I've seen it from others, saying this is not a blanket claim on, like, people born in that generation, or that would implicate Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, or, like, or like super, you know, older progressive or socialist leftist, uh, people like Richard Wolff and probably... But, like, but, I mean, great, till they gotta be great. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So yeah, there, there's there has been a response to that. It's like it's like when we say okay, boomer, it's it's not a, a blanket um, judgment call on all boomers, but there is a mindset of a boomer that that I slur, also, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a slur. slur. The fact that you felt like you needed to give an out on a leftist yeah. show, <laughs> I think, speaks a lot to what okay, boomer means. Yeah. Right, like. Yeah. Sensitive. <laughs> I mean, I think, okay, if we're being real, real, I think if we're really, what OK Boomer means, I think, is Reaganist. Like, to be very clear, like, we could say, like, it means the person with a Reaganist mindset, whether they are liberal or conservative, like, the, I think the liberal Reaganist. And that's is, a response to those who have benefited most right, from that system. From that, yeah, from the Reaganist system. And it's just like, that's what that is, right? They're the ones still alive. Yeah, and like it's not to assign blame on like our parents, like we're the ones in you know at, in the ruling class that created these policies, but but you know they they're the ones that sort of legitimize it in a lot of ways by going. They drop the and, ball in a lot of yeah. ways. Like, like, look, folks, this is not the first time we have had several generations of Americans who had very different outlooks on the world living in the same time and space and kind of disagreeing with each other. It's kind of like the Great Depression when you had the Gilded Age folks, kind of like Reagan Age folks, who remember a more prosperous time in America. You had the greatest generation who was fighting World War II and going through the Great Depression, sort of like millennials are going through, living through the uh, Great Recession and fighting in the longest war in American history. And then, and so you have, and you have, and you have these group, and then you have the lost, the uh, the um, boomers living, uh, the boomers who are sort of like the lost generation. They fight, you know, Vietnam and nobody cares. And then they're also going through this time of weird prosperity and also economic downturn. And you know. We've lived through a time like this. And during that time, you know what we did? We voted for FDR. We voted for the socialist uh, candidate, and, uh, and times got better. So I think the we way— We also organized. Right. Like, we, we, we applied political pressure to get what we wanted. Right. And that was the result of that. Like, FDR wasn't just— Right, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. That's he not he, he did inter from. a bunch of Japanese folks. <laughs> like, Absolutely. Right, right, right. Yeah, he was pressured by like the trade union movements and uh, the communists and you know the, those people that were in the streets uh, pushing for this stuff. So yeah, uh, but but to get to the point, like uh, boomers were the beneficiaries of this social democratic era, um, and that's what they feel nostalgic for. But um, Rather than recognize that class struggle, they they turn it into like, oh, this was um, all my my individual doing. I worked right. hard and, for this, and, that's and what, you lazy millennials are just trying to like 
And that's what OK Boomer to me means. It means like you, you fat cat, you Gilded Age fat cat. Yeah, you person to... <laughs> who could pay for your college education by working at Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right, right. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you Gilded Age fat cat. We need a works program, and you're trying to tell me that I'm lazy. <laughs> we need student debt bailed out because it's ridiculous, and you're telling me like, no, we don't. You just need to pay your bills. Like, oh, fuck off. Right, right. In, in their defense, I guess it was probably, at least I hear this from my dad, that it was uh, Jimmy Carter that turned him against Democrats, and you could arguably say he was probably the first neoliberal uh, president. Jimmy uh, Carter? It, uh, well, he, he was, he's been a better former president. Yeah, it is. But in the 70s, he implemented some, some austerity. I, I guess that's why you could say boomers turned against Democrats. Uh, I, I, I think. I, okay. <laughs> this is a different episode. Well, on that note. <laughs> okay, listeners. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, folks. We love you. Um, also, hey, folks, like I said, we are um, we're renovating here. And so I know we. I try not to ask often because um, we're a new show. But, uh, you know, www.patreon.com backslash um, I'm from Texas. Uh, please, 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 if you have, like, sent a dollar, it helps us, you know, get some snacks. Um, all these folks, these good, these good uh, hosts of yours come out to my house for free. Um, and then we, got an, we, we just found an editor, uh, Mr. Derek uh, Weston, and, you know, he's going to be putting in his talents for free. And I'd like to, you know... Oh, those are the snacks that we're also getting for free, uh, thanks to uh, Decipher City. Uh, please check out Decipher City at decyphercity.com. Uh, also, before we go, we gotta share some culture with the, those are the loudest chips in the world. Again. Oh my goodness! And my dog is in here. Yes, the show is definitely over. Um, do we have some? culture to share with some folks before we go um i guess well i i don't know i i mentioned this i think on our first recording we didn't end up putting it out but i'm gonna say it again like i'm, I'm still kind of in a in the halloween spirit even though halloween is over but i've been reading it which a which is a very large large book it's like over a thousand pages so i started started that at the beginning of october and about a third away through reading that i mostly usually read nonfiction, but I've decided to pick up a horror book. Um, and then uh, have also been watching uh, the second season of Castle Rock, which is, which is pretty good. My wife and I have been watching that. The best thousand-page book written by a cokehead with a <laughs> two-word title. Um, <laughs> next Ooh, I've been watching Raising Dion on Netflix. Oh, it's, it's yeah, so good. It's so good. It's so good. So good. I want to see that. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a uh, basic synopsis on that, I guess, is there's a little kid with superpowers. And oh. he's a little black boy. Oh, Hashtag yeah. black boy joy. Yes. Yes, I so good. about this. I need to check so it out. So and it's a it highly enjoyable show. Cool. All right. Which, which, are, you, are you piggybacking? Oh, oh. Yeah, no, I think that uh, there's a good event coming up this week. As a matter of fact, at the UNT Health and Science Center um, our yes. revolution is hosting a Medicare for all um, facts sort of seminar so that people who want to get a more formal introduction to the concept can kind of come out there and 
check it on out. Yes, so, I'll, I'll be at that. Definitely go. Uh, how do how do we get there? How do we get there, Soy Boy? Um, well, they, their event is public, Our Revolution Texas, but it is at the UNT Health and Science Center at 3500 Camp Bowie Boulevard in Fort Worth, Texas, and that's on Tuesday at 6.30. So, November 12th, yes, it's going to be great. 6.30. And the only uh, culture I have to share with y'all today... Oh, actually, I have two things. Uh, first is, I think everyone, if you have the time, read the Rojava Charter. Um, if you know about Rojava, that's Kurdistan, the people we've abandoned to die. Um, they are the most, I would say, anarcho-leftist government, functioning government in the world. And... I, I, and this is what I try to tell people, like, the, what we're trying to do with this, weirdly, what I'm trying to do with this studio and the uh, farm next door um, is uh, kind of copy their model for business and economics and even hopefully one day, I don't want to be a politician, but see that kind of works in the government because, like, these are anarcho-leftists that figured out how to make a... a an anarcho-leftist government work in the middle of the hottest, most contentious, most dangerous place in the world. They made a, they this like if you if you have time, read about Rojava, read about Kurdistan because like U.S. soldiers when they would uh, get Kurdistan soldiers to work for them, they never had to worry about being betrayed. Um, People who I had a friend who was a contractor out in the Middle East, and he would go to Kurdistan for vacation. Like these are left. Like so, you know, in this time where we're gonna get put forth, when you know we're gonna see the Bloombergs and the Bidens appear, and the and the Buttigiegs to tell us that like socialism doesn't work. I want to just and the Warrens and the. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Next time. Next time. Go look at the Rojava Charter. Just go Google Rojava Kurdistan and know that the ideas we talk about on this podcast, the ideas that Bernie Sanders talk about, the people that are even further left of Bernie Sanders, they can work. If they can work in the middle of the world, they can work in the quote unquote greatest nation on earth. And also, the other culture I want to share is I want to talk about the Watchmen, but that is going to come up in a special little mini segment right after this show. So, uh, my name's Hi John. I'm from Texas, and uh, bye everyone. We love you. Bye.
I shouldn't have done what I did cause it killed us You was like Mary J feeling real love I felt like you'll always be there That's why I wouldn't always be there You supported it when you would be there You were wondering why is she there I wanted the vanilla and the pound cake My life was like a thriller when the phone rang And then we lost the feeling to the whole thing You can't believe that I'm the cause of some more pain My demeanor, I gotta get my wine right Have you seen her? Mary Jane and Shy Lights I'm just happy you called me I met thumbs up getting coffee Me in the cater. 